Hello, hello, and welcome to tonight's episode of Life Extraordinary. I'm your show host, Roberto, and today I'm coming to you once again from Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Now, I'd like to share with you where I am, because as you will be following along on this show of mine, you shall see that I am hopscotching around the world more often than not. And so for now, I find myself in this very nice Pacific uh, town called Puerto Vallarta. And for those unaware, there are actually bears in Mexico. And that's what my topic is about. Not so much that there are bears in Mexico, but that, uh, that there have been a lot of bear attacks lately. And uh, some pretty gruesome. Um, they, there's a propensity for these attacks to be happening uh, more often. So I thought I'd give you a bit of a recap of what's been happening and why are there so many more attacks than there used to be? Is it perhaps that we're encroaching on their land too much? Or recreation, the fact that recreation has increased by all those people who couldn't go to restaurants anymore and suddenly had to discover the outdoors because, well, <laughs> that's what you do in a pandemic is you go outside a lot more often. So uh, so a few different things regarding bears that I'd like to chat about. It's the different types of bears, the attacks that have been happening, what the heck was going on in these uh, scenarios where these attacks uh, did indeed happen. And uh, and perhaps to, to chat about if this fear of bears is warranted or not, you know. I think uh, people definitely imagine that uh, these these events happen much more often than not. But media does have a great ability to dramatize stuff. And, uh, and I do think that, uh, that, that that's what's been happening recently. Because while there may be an increase in all of these bear encounters with humans, it doesn't necessarily mean that the bears are innately um, vicious or mean or whatnot. But more so, perhaps, that they are fearing that we are encroaching upon them a little bit too much. You know, we are, uh, what is it, January 20th today? And um, there's been about a couple of attacks recently um, by some some black bears. So the first one is uh, in New Jersey, in a small town called Sparta. And uh, not long ago at all. And uh, the lady let out her dog, a little Yorkie. So imagine this little thing going out into the backyard um, feeling safe. <laughs> and, uh, and a bear came into the yard, grabbed the Yorkie, uh, and went off into the bush. Um, but on that event, it also came out and, uh, and attacked an 81 year old woman who was actually fine. Um, so, so these things are happening. January 13th, Florida woman attacked by a bear while walking her dog. And, uh, and she was, I was watching the video and she was a little bit traumatized, obviously, at all that she'd had a few cuts and scrapes, but, um, she was petrified that, uh, her, her little dog had been taken. That being said, they found the dog nearby safe and sound. Um, black bears, you know, are the ones that are the smaller ones. They don't have a hump on their back. They're uh, much more common everywhere, uh, that you imagine bears to be than a grizzly bear is. But the black bear is the one that uh, accounts for 80 per 88% of fatalities. 
Um, and that's the one that if a black bear is attacking you, you have to act um, and fight back as much as you can uh, because that's the only way that you might get it to go away. Whereas with a grizzly bear, do not do that, but simply try and cover uh, your vital organs, like your stomach, your neck, your, your head, um, and play dead because that's how the grizzly bear uh, will leave you. I'll uh, jump in with a parenthesis story I'm I, of my bear stories because, of course, I wasn't just going to tell you bear stories from everywhere else, uh, but, of course, some of mine. And I'm in um, Nunavut in northern, northern Canada, and we have an Inuit guide with us. Um, he's got a big rifle on, on him, and he's a, a man of the land, um, more so than you could imagine. I think uh, this, this gentleman, uh, his name's Andrew, has, uh, has his roots down pat in living in the way of, uh, of hunting and of living off of the land. Indeed, this fellow I speak of has uh, hunted polar bear and, uh, and all sorts of animals. Actually, thinking about it, I should get him on an interview. I'll have to make a, a note about that. This guy's like super, super interesting. So we're doing a big trek uh, in northern Canada with him and another Inuit guide. And there's a, a, a pretty um, adolescent uh, black bear surrounding our camp. Uh, and, he's, and he's not accustomed to humans. So he's coming in a bit too close uh, for comfort. So Andrew slowly picks up his, his rifle and I thought, oh, uh, this is about to get interesting. Um, and the bear like does like a, a mini bluff charge. And, uh, and it's funny because in, in Andrew's eyes, there's like no fear whatsoever. It's just like certainty of like, all right, what am I going to do to get this bear to go away? But complete understanding of what the scenario could entail. So he takes out some bear bangs and he's, and, uh, bear bangs are these, uh, car- basically empty cartridges, I guess, of, of, like gun cartridges, gunpowder, uh, that makes a, a very, very loud bang. So he goes out, uh, and he, and well, he's out. <laughs> We're all out <laughs> of the tent and he, and he shoots the bang into the air and it makes a big, big, big loud noise. And the bear does not go away. So he replaces that cartridge with a different one and it, and he shoots that one above the bear's head. And it makes a sizzle and a whistle and, uh, and a bang and the bear still doesn't go away. Uh, then he, you know, I, at this point, I think my wife's kind of like mocking me. I think she was my girlfriend at the time too. And she's, uh, mocking me because instead of being a smart fellow at the time and walking out with a pair of boots on, I was more eager for the picture and walked out in my socks. So in any scenario, um, I wouldn't have the best running feet in the world. And perhaps I would have been the one that the bear would catch because I couldn't run as fast as the others. So anyways, the bear doesn't react to the whistle, the sizzle, the bang, or the big bear bang. And so Andrew takes his rifle off his shoulder, and he he aims this this big, long gun uh, towards the bear. And I'm like, is he, is he going to shoot the bear? Like, is he really going to, like, just kill the bear right there and then? We're in the middle of nowhere. So I didn't, uh, at that time, really know what, what is the rules of encounter. And uh, And then he lowers it, and he shoots... Uh, around in front of the bear into the ground to scare it away. And the bear still didn't move. And he shoots another one into the ground uh, to scare it away. And I thought he was actually going to be shooting at the bear, but anyways, he didn't, and probably a good thing. Um, 
and the bear doesn't go away. And it's actually looking like just annoyed and was making posturings like it might charge again. And then he, he puts his uh, gun down, <laughs> literally, and he picks up a big rock. And we're not that far from the bear. We're close enough that you could throw a rock at it. And he throws the rock. The rock bounces off the shoulder of the bear. And the bear goes away. So guns didn't work. Bear bangs didn't work. But a simple thrown rock in the right spot uh, made it go away. And I've had uh, different uh, people in northern Canada tell me before, yeah, you know, um, native people say, you know, the bear doesn't know um, how you hurt it from a distance. And so it sees you as magical and off it goes. So that's my little, little bear story there. But let me take you into the recap of the year of the fatal bear attacks in North America for 2021. So in Yellowstone, a backcountry guide and wildlife photographer, Carl Mock, was attacked and killed by a grizzly in the Baker's Hole area of Yellowstone National Park. The old bear was defending a moose carcass. And then they did a report to figure out what exactly did happen here. And the fatality report suggested that the Bruin was likely especially aggressive because it had fought with another grizzly over the kill. And that was April 17th. April 30th, black bear kills Colorado woman in surprising attack. A woman died in a rare black bear attack in southwest Colorado. The 39-year-old woman was killed while walking her dogs. A 10-year-old so was responsible for the killing. Human remains were found in the bear's stomach and in one of the bear's two yearlings. So a so is a mama bear, a yearling is a little baby bear. All three bears were euthanized following the attack, and it was the third lethal bear attack in Colorado in the past 50 years. Um, a bear once habituated to something uh, will likely go for that same thing again, and so they can be very dangerous. And for this reason, they often have to euthanize them if the bear attacked or killed uh, a human. In May, just a few weeks after, professor killed by female grizzly in Alberta. Alberta, as you know, is the province right next to mine in Canada. Um, it's got spectacular Rockies and mountains, and there are a lot of grizzlies there. So uh, you want to have your bear spray at the ready. Local officials believe that a female grizzly chased this man, Lertzman, from behind and pushed him off a 980-foot embankment to his death despite them going out and looking for the bear the so was never located and then on may 25th once again in the province of alberta we have another attack just 25 miles away from where the last gentleman the professor was killed a female grizzly mauls a 68 year old woman who had been walking on private property near her home near the town of Water Valley. A so grizzly with worn teeth was put down by local authorities. They did test the DNA to make sure it was not the same bear that had killed Letzerman, and it was not. July 6th, the camper in Montana is dragged from his tent and mauled by a grizzly. Now, now the one spot that I really do not enjoy being when there are bears around is inside my tent, because it's when I'm my least capable of doing something about the situation. So 
it's a rule of thumb when you're camping in the wilderness um, to not have anything that's scented in your tent, not peanut butter, not jam, not uh, the clothes that you had cooked with over the fire, um, no uh, toothpaste or uh, creams or anything that might have a scent like that. Now, I say this um, with, you know, half a grin on my face because the reality is that prior to having children, this these were all variables that I could take care of very, very well. But since I've had little humans in my life, sometimes we wake up in the tent and my little man's chewing on something and I'm like, how, how do you have any food when we put all the food in a tree far away? And he's like, oh, I had a chocolate in my pocket. <laughs> so that and scented baby diapers. We don't use scented baby diapers, but again, babies have their little smells of creams and stuff like that. So this is why I'm not a huge fan of being inside the tent when I know there's a bear around. So this camper in Montana, he was dragged from his tent and mauled by a grizzly. Leah Davis Loken was ripped from her tent and killed by a grizzly bear in the middle of the night at a campsite in Ovando, Montana. That night, the bear also raided a local chicken coop. Hey, you know, <laughs> yummy lady. And then let's have a, let's have a dessert. <laughs> Officials used night vision technology to gun down a big grizzly boar later that week when it returned to another local chicken coop. You must protect the chickens. Protect the chickens at all costs. <laughs> Strange. July 31st, a black bear responsible for Alberta's third bear-related fatality of the year. A 26-year-old was mauled by a black bear so in a remote region of Alberta in the province's third attack of the year. The victim was working for a helicopter company that transports tree planters into isolated regions for reforestation. Authorities quickly killed the adult female bear responsible for the attack. They said the so did not have any cubs. Now, take into account that bear-human conflicts are trending up, but the majority of them are not fatal attacks. And the very reason that they are trending up is we're encroaching on their territory and they end up inadvertently coming more into encountering us. And there's also cycles of bears uh, growth. And lately, I think the bears have a lot, a lot of uh, yearlings and little ones. And so we're in a cycle of, of high bear populations. Um, you know, the negative encounters uh, between humans, pets, livestock and property in, in the lower 48 in the states are on the rise. And, uh, and obviously that's, like I said, because, um, there are more aggressive, uh, grizzly bears, um, since they're simply because in, there's a lot more grizzly bears now than there used to be in the 1970s. So, uh, so that's, that's another reason that, you know, take into account also, um, it's not just the fact that there are more bears, which there are. But uh, there are more people that are going out into the back country and into the front country uh, during COVID because, uh, you know, after blockage on international travel and whatnot, uh, a lot of people decide to recreate outdoors. And when all the restaurants are closed, then obviously uh, this was another thing that a lot of people that don't go outdoors a lot uh, have been going out into the bush and recreating and they don't know what to do. And they don't know that leaving a big, greasy barbecue outside your tent with uh, remnants of foods all about is an invitation for a bear 
to grab you from the side of the tent and pull you out. Um, like I've seen the local national parks, local, our national parks have been inundated by crowds of people that normally uh, wouldn't come uh, to these places. So, uh, so the, I like to say the Cancuners type of crowd uh, is exploring the outdoors more. And I think that's a great thing on one side, but on the other side, uh, unfortunately, they're not educated in regards to taking care of nature and taking care of themselves uh, outdoors. They think, oh, you know, I'll put my stuff in a cooler uh, and I'll leave it on the picnic table. And lo and behold, not long after, that cooler is ripped to shreds. Um, bears, they are apex predators, but the vast majority of them uh, will not go after humans. Several factors contribute to bear attacks. The main thing is the defensive nature of the bear. A lot of bear attacks are prompted by a mother so protecting her cubs or a bear defending a kill. Uh, another dangerous scenario is when a person is in close physical proximity to a bear, but both have a lack of visibility. So let's say you're in, you're in the deep bush uh, and you can't basically see where you're going. And I've stumbled upon uh, a bear den area before. Fortunately, the bear wasn't there. And you don't know that you're stumbling upon to their sleeping pad until you're basically on it. Let's keep going. June 16th, woman chased by bears in Butte, Alaska on a popular hiking trail. She gets lost after the group of bears were, were chasing her and uh, goes missing for a day and a half before making her way back to a road. Same day, a girl in a hammock is attacked by a bear in the Great Smoky Nations National Park. The 16-year-old was sleeping, and the bear was quickly euthanized. June 24th, bear breaks into California home, and the man had a gun, and he shot the bear that was looking for food. June 27th, the man is forced to jump in river to escape a bear attack in Alaska um, when the bear was going towards his 13-month-old border collie and it provoked a mother bear to attack, which forced the man into the Kenai River to escape. The dog went missing following the attack. Perhaps, perhaps the bear got just what it wanted. August 10th, a grizzly attack in Yellowstone National Park. Two hikers fended off a grizzly in Montana, just north of Yellowstone Park, and were able to escape with minor injuries. Now, here comes the one that I wanted to chat more about. August 10th, polar bear attack in Nunavut. Um, now, that's a different type of story altogether because polar bears are the most lethal apex predators on the planet simply because they live in such a desolate, barren, unforgiving landscape that in order to survive and keep this they're 1,700 pounds of weight fed and happy. They have to be cunning, brutal, sharp, and quick. Um, and they can also swim for like 30 kilometers at a time. But, um, but yeah, so the remote village, harrowing encounter for this group of people. They barely survived an attack. Elijah Kernick was traveling by ATV to Sanirajak in Nunavut on August 10th with his partner and his sister-in-law to visit a cabin. He'd been warned earlier in the day that a polar bear had been seen nearby, but he decided to sneak a peek around the corner of his cabin anyway. The bear, which was feeding on a carcass, spotted him and gave trace. It growled and left the food, then it stood up and started running towards me, he said. And he speaks, Inuktitut. The bear quickly caught Kernick and knocked him to the ground, after which 
The bear immediately turned to attack his partner. I struggled a little bit, but tried to get up. I stood up, then started heading to the bear. When he got the bear's attention, it chased him around the ATV until it caught him a second time. He successfully regained the bear's attention, and then um, and then he, he was able to run away. But he was get, trying to get the attention of the bear, um, and he said, I didn't feel so much pain when I was being attacked because I was trying to keep them from the other two people. They all have children and grandchildren, too. What a show. What a show to say, you know, like, <laughs> I know those other people have family. Um, so uh, come after me, bear. Um, I could hear the attack on me. I could hear the cuts going in, and I could feel the teeth puncturing through, he told uh, the news outlet. The bear again turned its attention to the woman. Despite his injuries, Karenik successfully distracted the bear once more and was attacked a third time. This time, he said he could feel the bear's tooth on his eye before it bit me on my neck and I blacked out. <laughs> That's a pretty brutal bear story. Um, the RCMP was dispatched. What happened next? Nobody really knows. When the police arrived, the survivors had already been transported to the local community health center. All three were later transferred by medevac plane to a hospital in Iqaluit. And Koenig was then sent to a hospital in Ottawa for serious injury. Um, although seriously injured, they are expected to survive. The uh, polar bear was found dead nearby, according to members of the community. The attack took place in Nunavut, which is Canada's largest territory with 800,000 square mile expanse of Arctic tundra. So pretty wild, um, these stories. Um, we've had, we've seen polar bears and we've seen them around our camp. I think on a previous uh, podcast, I had chat a little bit about uh, how we we were on, on uh, one of these treks and none of it, the same when I was with the same guy that I was telling you about. And on the year late after, in the exact same area where we had been, a polar bear uh, broke through the wire fence that's, you know, they, they put a battery and they plug it up to this wire that goes around the fence so that it gives the bear an electric shock. And the bear broke through that, grabbed the the person by the leg and pulled him out of the tent and uh, severely mauled him until friends of his uh, shot uh, shot the bear, which, which then went away. So there's lots of things, obviously, that you could do to make sure that the bear doesn't come visit you. One, of course, is don't leave any food whatsoever in your tent, uh, anything scented, take any clothes off that are scented. I like to leave my gear uh, downwind from from where I'm uh, sleeping because if I'm leaving the gear and the food downwind and the bear was to come to us, you know, they can smell 30 kilometers away. So if it's coming towards us, it's going to come on, upon the food first before coming upon my tent. And that gives me some sense of safety. And I, I totally still 100% uh, do the pee rule. And the pee rule is whenever you're going to take a pee around your camp in a wilderness area, um, you pee on objects like the bottom of a tree trunk or some some foliage that's pretty thick um, and you mark your territory. Uh, and I do do that whenever we are in bear territory because uh, why not keep yourself a little bit more safe? 
Um, one time I was in Moline Lake and uh, I kayaked solo to the end of the lake to Coronet Creek, about 22 kilometers or so. And when I got in, uh, there was nobody at the camps, campground. And, uh, and when I got to the spot where I was pitching my tent, uh, and I look over a little bit, there's a massive mountain of bear scat that could only be a grizzly. And, uh, and there's a hike there that I've been wanting to do a long time and I had gone to do, do it particularly on that trip. So I'm meandering up the trail and there's poop, uh, bear poop all over the trail. Um, uh, and as I would go, there's, there's a little mound and then you keep going a little mound. And then just to make things in case I had any benefit of the doubt, like in case I had any, any doubts, um, then I started to see the bear paw claws prints in the ground that uh, told me, yes, indeed, I was following the trail of the grizzly bear that had come down uh, to where my tent was. And, you know, a trail makes it a lot easier for us humans to walk in the wilderness. So it does the exact same thing for a bear. And uh, if a bear can run 25, 30 clicks, uh, you know, an hour, you can imagine that uh, he can get to me quite quickly. And they run downhill a lot faster than we give them credit for. And they can sprint up to like 50 or 60 kilometers an hour on a sprint. So, so you got to be very conscious. They, they are very fast. So anyway, so I'm hiking on this trail and I keep seeing bear poop, bear claw marks. And it was a nine kilometer hike. And by kilometer three, uh, I kept doubting myself. And I said, you know, really? You're following a trail that obviously the bear is very fresh uh, on the trail. Like whenever I would see a, a muddy spot, it would be very clear that he had just recently stepped. And one of the ways you could see if an animal, a big one like that, has recently stepped in some mud or if it's from a while back is that if there's no dust or foliage or leaves that have fallen onto the bear print, then it most likely means that it's even more fresh. And in this case, there'd be, there was that stuff all around the print, but nothing where the bear, uh, had stepped, which told me, oopsie, it's, uh, it's around here somewhere. So I, I kept going up and I kept going up. And I think eventually you have to listen to your uh, sixth sense um, and voice in the back of your head is saying, listen, you know, I, you know you're the father of a, a few kids now and <laughs> you really should come home alive. So, uh, so after at three times I turned around and then I was like, come on, Roberto, that's ridiculous. You really want to do this hike. And then I turned back around. And then, and then on the third time, I was like, no, you know what? I'm just going to go back down. Um, and hopefully, most likely, it was the right decision. I'm still here. So, so that's telling in itself. Um, so, yeah, so that's a few stories for, for the grizzly side of things, a little bit of polar bears. Um, in, when we're in Quebec, one of the things that frequently happens to us when we're sea kayaking and canoe camping is that we put the food uh, in barrels under the canoe or we put them in dry bags within these airtight compartments of the sea kayaks. And uh, on this particular trip where I had lost uh, my lady, and, I, and if you go way back on our podcast, one of the first stories is about losing my lady in the woods. And, uh, and that morning, actually, uh, because when we had been sea kayaking before we got lost, we saw tons of bear prints all around the kayak. And it's very easy to see these prints, uh, particularly because wherever you put your boat uh, is close to the water and therefore uh, usually a bit muddy. And that makes you see the prints quite clearly. So to think that that time our tent was just a few meters away f 
from from where the food was because of the nature of the campsite. We couldn't go much deeper or much further away from the food. Um, makes you a little bit uh, worried when uh, when in, on that day I had lost my lady. So uh, so that's that's a few yeah <laughs> a few more bear stories um, there. But the truth is that um, most people's fear of bears is is unwarranted. Even though I've added to the uh, media hype of dra- dramatizing or making it a bit more dramatic, uh, the these events that have happened um, in proportion or relative to the amount of people that spend their time out, outdoors and to the amount that we have indeed encroached on these beautiful uh, apex predators uh, dom- domain is actually very nominal. Um, you know, we are not their principal food by any means, uh, and therefore, it's only when in a situation where the bear is like, hey, you surprised me or I'm with my little ones. And of course, uh, just as you would be, I'm going to protect them. Um, so it's really it's, it, the reality is that there are uh, some nice stories. Like, for example, when Mikio was born, uh, we saw a couple, a mother and her cubs up in a tiny tree, just a couple blocks away uh, from our place. And we thought that was pretty cool. Um, and I've encountered bears dozens of times, particularly in Whistler. Um, and you just have to give them their space. And the majority of the time, as in 98% of the time, they have no interest in you. Now, time of year is a big thing. If there's lots of berries and lots of food to munch on, and uh, if it's bears that are tend to be around people as well that are more habituated to them, then these bears... Uh, tend to be uh, a bit more docile. Uh, it's the ones that you surprise or that are protecting something or that are old and hungry that you'll uh, you'll tend to have more of a, an issue with. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's that's our stories of uh, of the bears. I think for tonight. Um, what else did I want to talk to you guys about? Yeah, I think that's about it. Lots of bears. Um, but like I said, there are bears in Mexico <laughs> and, uh, you just have to head up to Northern Mexico for that. There was indeed once upon a time, even a grizzly bear here, but, uh, they have been, uh, extinct. I think black bears, the only, uh, place where they're considered endangered is actually in Mexico because we have so many of them in the rest of North America that, uh, that they're not an endangered uh, species by any means. I've also got some. Uh, notes and stories to tell you about sharks for one of the next uh, episodes. But uh, for tonight, I think I'll leave you with that and with the stories of the bears. Uh, and just be aware, be very bear aware when you're in a certain area where there are a lot of bears. Take your bear spray. Um, this bear spray can, it's like a massive pepper spray. And uh, do take into account that it only sprays about 15 to 20 feet at most. So you have to spray it at the very last moment of the bear coming towards you, because if you spray it too soon, then actually the bear sees it as an attractant. And uh, one of the times where I was teaching my lady uh, to use this can of bear spray, I wasn't obviously teaching very well because I sprayed the can upwind. Uh, and of course, to, de- to do the demonstration, of course, we got the whole blowback of the spray onto our faces and uh and she had to go like rinse her eye out and stuff and we're like wow that was dumb <laughs> not how to show someone to use the can but i do think it's important that if you have never if you are in bear territory a lot and you you want to to spend time outdoors safely 
with the bears, uh, then do try using the spray, the can once, uh, so that you're aware that it only shoots a certain distance. And so you get the feel for it. So that in case you are in a scenario, you're not doubting how it's going to shoot and how far it's going to shoot. Now, each can has only a very limited uh, quantity in it. So two to three sprays and the can is done, which means uh, that when you are testing it, if you use half a can, well, that's a $25 shot because these cans are pretty pricey at 50 bucks a pop. Um, but knowing how to use one is great. I love that uh, I tend to buy always the one that has a glowing uh, top on it, glowing safety, safety latch that you can take off. That way, if you're in the tent in the dark, which is where I'm most aware of where the can is, um, you're able to, to locate it very quickly. I tend to keep uh, a loaded, semi-loaded um, bear bang when I'm sleeping in the tent in bear territory and, uh, and the can of bear spray. That way, if we're woken up in the middle of the night by, by a bear that's perhaps too close, then I'm not uh, fumbling in the dark trying to figure out where uh, the, the pen that shoots it and uh, and the, uh, the other can of bear spray is they're right next to me. Um, having these things, uh, you know, makes it makes it a lot safer to be out in these places. So I do recommend that. And of course, do not sleep with any food in your tent unless you have a death wish to one of your friends. <laughs> in in that case, lather his sleeping bag with peanut butter. Anyways, thanks for joining me tonight. Um, there was these, hope you enjoyed the bear stories and uh, we'll see you next time. Expeditioner out. <laughs>